A few years ago, the toy world came up with another toy that many of you have seen in your homes as parents, as grandparents, great-grandparents. Movies have been made entitled Transformers. These things that just in a moment change into something else. They have a practical use to them, and then they have this supernatural thing going on. Now, it isn't just the toy world. It is our lives as well. We are called to be transformers. In other words, as human beings, we have daily responsibilities. We've been educated. We've been trained. We've been skilled to do certain things in life. We, sometimes it takes us a while to find out what we really need to be doing in life, and hopefully we eventually get there. Some of us have gone on to second and third careers and find joy in those things. The practical side is there, but there's also this other side as Christians that we have a dual role in life, that we not only serve our families, serve our communities, but we serve the kingdom of God. Most of us would admit that life pays such a toll on us, we find ourselves spending in our estimation, too much time worried about how I'm going to pay the next bill or what tomorrow is going to bring or I didn't get this accomplished today. And then we come to a time of devotion. We come to a time of Bible study. We come to a time of prayer. And a lot of us would say, I feel guilty because I haven't been doing much with this part of my role. I'm not going to ask for a raise of hands, but a lot of hands would go up. We say, you know, I want to do better. I want to do better. So I want you to ask yourself uh, an honest question. Am I where I want to be today in my life? Whatever age you are, 20-somethings on up, are you where you want to be? Are you where you, we, we can talk about financial portfolios, but when, when it comes to character, when it comes to who we are in, with maturity, at whatever age we are. Am I pleased with where I am? In other words, you're already comparing yourself to what at one time you thought, well, by the time I'm 30-something, by the time I'm 40-something, by the time I'm 60-something, by the time I'm a grandparent, by the time I'm a great-grandparent, I want to be doing these things. I want to be known for certain things. I want to have accomplished certain things. We've all done this, and it's healthy. But now you've got to ask yourself, am I there? Or is there still work to be done? As we ask ourselves that, do we also have to circumspectly say, you know what, I have actually taken some steps backward. There was a time I was thriving more in certain things than I am now. I have, I've let life beat me down. I've quit on certain things. I'm not as active as I was. I'm not as giving as I was. I'm not as cheerful as I was. I'm not as engaging as I was. If I asked for a raise of hands, a lot of hands would go up and say, the truth is, I'm sick and tired of people. 
and I don't trust them. I could tell with the response, that's a lot of you. And if you're not careful, you'll pull back. When those injuries come from people very close to us, family members, dear friends, co-workers, it hurts. And so we find ourselves cocooning. Sometimes we know it, sometimes we don't. So again, we're back to this question. Am I where I want to be? That's the operative word there, want. Do you still have that desire to be all that you can be? That's not a promotion to some kind of product. I'm talking about me now. Do, am I where I want to be? Do I have genuine friends? Are there people that respect me? Are there people that look up to me? These are all noble things that we should desire. Have, do I have patience? Oh, I heard some owls and oohs out there. I mean, way back then you said, you know, I, I, I trust that as I get older and I understand people more and the challenges that I'll be more patient with people. But if we're not careful, we'll become extremely impatient. We expect more than they can deliver at times. We've all been uh, found out in our own emotions where we felt bad, maybe even said something to a person, and then later on we found out their whole story of what they've been going through, and we're thinking, I wish I hadn't opened my big mouth. Do I have any takers on that one? So now you have to ask yourself the question, am I where I want to be? Can I see growth in my life, in my charity, my generosity, developing friends? And when it comes to my faith, have I influenced others? Do I see growth in my take? Aaron just got up here and admitted he's seen a change in himself in one area of his life, can you also see growth in your life as it pertains to the Word of God? Have you grown in knowledge and application of it? Have you grown in a prayer life? Now, these are things we expect to say at church, but are we doing it? Are we living it? So turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Been a while since I've asked you this. Would you stand one more time as we read God's Word together? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I want to read verses 14 through 17. For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. So are we living for Christ, in other words? Verse 16, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, a lot of therefores, if anyone is in Christ, we know this verse, don't we? He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Has the new come to my life? You may be seated. This love of Christ, 
I pray that the Holy Spirit does something for all of us right now, whether you're streaming, whether you're here in person. That as you hear this today, it's like it's the first time you're hearing it. Like you're a brand new listener. Like someone is presenting to you something you've never heard. You've never heard any scripture from the word of God. And someone's reading this to you, speaking this to you, and saying that as I come to Christ, the old is passing and everything's becoming new, that I am becoming a new me, a new creation. In other words, I expect change. It's the natural thing. That in it, there's a growth cycle. That I can be a better me. I can be a bigger me in life. I can have more influence. That I can have greater effect. That I can trust God for bigger things. That I can trust God that he can use me to impact other people. These are lofty thoughts. And yet the word of God tells us this, but it comes back to this expression and this reality, the love of Christ. The word love gets so misused and so abused, and yet it is the most profound thing ever in any of our lives. When we talk about our walk with God, you understand that the gospels, is all about love. That the kingdom is all about love and this eternal God that we say we know is love. Again, we get, I've shared this so many times, but it, it applies again so many times. You know, I love my puppy. I love the color blue. I love it. Those, those flowers in the front yard. I love a good hot dog. I love, I, love, I love my friends. I love my spouse. I love my children, my grandchildren. I love, I love God. But those expressions surely don't measure the same. The love of Christ that literally suspends the world is what we're talking about. That we get to participate in. That everything God does, he does it because of love. That God loves me. The greatest message that our ears will ever hear. That this God could love me. The love of Christ that matures us. Jude, again, only one chapter, verse 21 says, Keeping ourselves in the love of God. In other words, we can lose out. We can, we can drift. We can get distracted. It is a responsibility to keep myself in the love of God. How many knows what we're talking about? Sometimes you're so ticked off with somebody else that all you can think about is them and what you're going to do to them. But if I dwell on that, I am forsaking the love of God that has been reserved for me. Whew, man, this will speak. If I'm focusing so much on that jerk, those of you visiting, yes, this is the way I preach. I'm going to keep it real. 
If I focus on how they did me wrong, if I, it's all I dwell on, then the more I dwell on it, the more I dwell on it. Does that make sense? And it cycles and it loops and it just affects my whole life. And, and all of a sudden, you're just mad at everybody else. Well, who in the world messed with your cornflakes this morning? Why are you so mad? Well, because so-and-so. And you're talking to them about somebody they don't even know. But you're taking it out on them. It's affecting your whole world. This is why it says keeping yourselves in the love of God. It's a discipline. God, I have to deal with this, and I have to deal with my emotions. I can't just push them off. However, I have you in my life, and I'm going to dwell on your love. You're going to get me through this, God. Your love is greater than the hate of someone else. Woo, come on, somebody. Your love will take me further. It'll strengthen me. I'm going to keep myself... The Bible, we know this verse, if we know any verse, God so loved the world. So I'm going to put it this way. God so loved the world, so we should love one another. That same so carries over. I'm going to challenge you today. Some of these people you're having a problem with, if you'll turn that thing over to God and say, God, Teach me how to love them. That doesn't mean I'm condoning what they did. That doesn't mean I'm agreeing with what they did. But my responsibility is to love them. Does your, does your Bible say the same thing as mine, that we can even love enemies? How do, we, how do we do that? You can't do it in yourself. It is the love of Christ that empowers us to be able to love an enemy. Someone who's wronged us. And I'm going to tell you something. I mean, we're just going to keep it real. When you successfully apply the love of Christ to your emotions, when you successfully honor the word of God and step out by faith in that, God, I'm going to do this. I know, I know in the back of my head it's telling me to hate them. I, I, I know that there's a part of me that just wants to, mm, yeah. But I'm going to take you at your word. Empower me to do this. That when you see that actually played out in your life, man, it does something inside of your soul that money can't buy. Wow, I've grown. There was a time I would have hit them. There was a time I'd have cursed them. There's a time I would have just got on social media and just blasted them. Wow, there's growth in my life. This is good preaching in the nanny. Amen. This works. The love of Christ. Augustine put it this way. He said, what's it look like? It's hands that reach out to help the poor, and the needy. It's feet that hasten to find someone that is without. It is eyes that can see the misery of someone else. It is ears that can hear the sighs of humanity. Yes, that's what love looks like. He had it right. When we get it right here, 
then we can get it right here. And it shows up here and here. Woo! The love of Christ. Hmm. And here's, here's the big part of this. The love of Christ that controls us. Oh, but that's the problem. We want to control our own destiny. We want to control our own day. If I ask for hand how many of you are controllers, I'm, I'm afraid too many of us would be raising our hands. Because it's the illusion that once we've been injured in life, I'm going to take control. Ain't nobody going to hurt me again. Ain't nobody going to get to me. I'm going to control them. Wow. It is quiet in the house. But when it comes to our soul, it is understanding how powerful the love of Christ really is. That doesn't have to have its payday today. It can just trust that the bill will be paid. Wow. That good will come out of all things to those who love God. Called according to his purpose. God, I want it now. I, I, I like instant gratification. I, I like getting things when I want them. Yes, God, that's who I am. I'm a needy human being. Do I have any other takers in the house? I'll ask you to raise your hand on that one. We're all needy. That's why we're called sheep. We're sheeple. We're needy. This flesh is needy. It demands all the time. That crazy dog of my wife's, it's all about her, you know. The older he gets, it, he doesn't even know I'm in the house, except if she's not there, all right, take me out for a walk. And that dog now is getting so demanding of her, of its treats, when he wants them. And now it isn't just one treat. It's got to get the second treat, pushing on her, barking at her. And when she caves into that, it wants a third treat, and she's fussing. But he wears her down every night. Is that the truth, Nanny? And I'll look at her. I said, that dog is a sermon of the flesh. How demanding. The flesh can be. Oh, if you just give me one more treat, I'll be happy. That's not the truth. I want another treat. And another treat. And I'm not even going to listen to you. He's just all Charlie Brown. Wah, 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 when you're barking. Let me get back to my sermon. <laughs> the love of Christ controls me. That means I must surrender willingly to his strength. Paul came to this incredible relation. When you, when, you, when you read Galatians chapter 5, verse 6, it uses the word circumcision. And that's not a word we use too much in a spiritual, religious sense any longer. So what's the context? And for him, oh, there was still this great divide of Christianity now is outgrowing Judaism and it's all about circumcision. Have you been circumcised? Have you not been circumcised? It's almost like the vaccination of a couple years ago through COVID. Have you been vaccinated? Have you not? And the great divide, as painful as that was, this issue of circumcision. 
And Paul writes this thing down that says, wow, it's not whether you're circumcised or not circumcised. It is about faith working through love that counts. Wow. It is about faith in God that's trusting God enough to love others. That's what counts. In other words, there's some account I'm going to give one day for my life here upon this planet. How good did I do in that category? Am I where I want to be? Am I activating the faith that he's given me, but am I doing it in love? That's where we're measured. Paul knew all too well what it was to have blind ambition. He knew what it was to compare the fleshly markers of life. I've been, I've been educated at the feet of Gamaliel. I've done this, I've done that. I, I am at the top of my class, valedictorian. And he says, you know what I've learned? Later on he wrote, it's all rubbish. It got me nowhere that I thought I wanted to be. So let me help us today. When we are pressed in our faith, when we come to that place of a catharsis, of a crisis, and we feel like, God, I've been stretched to my limits to trust you. I have been stretched in my faith to take you at your word. God, I've asked you and you haven't answered yet, and I'm hurting. I don't know if you're hearing me. God, I'm I'm being honest here. I'm having a real hard time believing you. God, I'm having a real hard time believing that you even care about me. We all get there. But understand this about faith. Faith has to be stretched to its limits in order for it to grow to new limits. That is a good word. If we only know faith to this point, and it's never stretched to where it's hurting, we'll never know these other things that can be and will be accomplished because we get trained to stop before the hurting sets in. Come on, somebody. Zig Ziglar, incredible teacher of yesteryear, One of the things he brought out in his book, See You at the Top, I can still see the visual in my mind of a flea training exercise. And he would take fleas and put them in a mason jar and put a lid on it and just poke some holes where they could get oxygen. And they'd bounce around and hit the glass and hit the lid and hit the lid and hit the glass and hit the glass and hit that. And finally, they had done that so long, you could take the lid off and they would only jump so high because they were still expecting They hit the lid. They could have been free. The lid was removed. But they become conditioned. I can only jump so high. Ooh, that will preach. Faith has to be stretched. When we get to that moment of hurt, when we get to that moment, God, I don't think I can love that person one more minute. But I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Give me strength for the moment. Give me strength for today. 
I'll let tomorrow come and we'll deal with that. Right now, help me get past this moment. Transformers. Being transformed. Being changed. We already know the passage not to be conformed to the world's thinking, but be transformed supernaturally. You see, when he controls us, he strengthens us. When he controls us, he empowers us. How many today honestly would say, I do want God to use me? I do want God to entrust to me opportunities to serve him. I do want to be a better version of myself. There's only one of me out there. I want it to be the best it can be. See, this isn't motivational speech near as much as it is God's intention and his plan for us to serve him with gladness, to make an impression on others, to let them see the love of God in us. Where else are they going to see it? We're walking billboards. We're communicating constantly who we are, who we serve, what we believe. So we come to this part of the verse that says we no longer live to ourselves. We're transformed. I'm going to conclude. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. Beholding his glory, we are transformed into the same image. Wow. He goes on and says we are being transformed a little bit at a time. That's a, that's a paraphrase, of course. He's reminding us that the transformation doesn't happen all at once. If there was somebody here today that with invitation would come to a formal altar and say, I have never surrendered my life to Jesus Christ. I want him to come into my life and be my Savior and be Lord of my life. What you would witness in the natural is they'd get back up they would look the same. They wouldn't have changed clothes. Their hairstyle would be the same. Their eye color would be the same. And yet, in that moment, they have become a new creation in Christ. We know that by faith, by his word. However, where we give up on ourselves is, but I prayed, I, I should be better than that. But as soon as I left the building, I still had some of the same thoughts that weren't healthy. I wanted to do some of the things that I have always done. I thought it would just go away. If you have lustful thoughts that are unhealthy, I just thought once I gave my heart to Jesus, I'd never lust again. See, let me be a pastor for a minute. He's telling us we're being transformed day by day, moment by moment, event by event, that I am becoming like him. Again, to know him, to be like him, to make him known, know, grow, show. All these things that we stand upon as Grace Life Church comes to this thing called transformation. I trust I'm helping you today 
by sharing with you again, it doesn't happen all at once. It is growth. It is trusting. It is serving. It is day by day. It's once you have allowed the power of God to work in your life to help you in a moment, the next time you come to that same type of impasse, the Holy Spirit's reminding you, you've already been in a situation like this. God delivered you then. He can deliver you once again. And again. And again. He's taking us from glory to glory. To glory. That we literally get to share in his glory. How long has it been since someone has complimented you? Man, you mean so much to me. Thank you for being who you are in my life. Thank you for speaking into my life the way that you do. I respect you so much. How long has it been? Well, let it continue to grow. That others see the love of Christ in you, controlling you. How long has it been since someone come up and say, man, I don't know how you held your peace. Man, I'd have told them off. But they witnessed in you a strength that kept you at bay. You did not speak out of turn. You didn't speak out of time. You held back. And they didn't see it as weakness. They saw it as incredible strength. How long has it been? Would you stand with me today?